Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi everyone, welcome to the Car Chat Podcast and with me today I have Luke from Cars with Luke. Hello. Hello. Hi Sam, hi. <laughs> Can you tell the audience a little bit about sort of short summary of who you are, what you do? Yeah, well short summary is uh, it's difficult I think. I do many things. Um, yeah, some people might know me already obviously as uh, Cars with Luke. Um, yeah, making videos on YouTube and sometimes posting on Instagram, not very much at the moment. Um, but yeah, I guess you would know me more as someone who spends a lot of time in the Swiss Alps, uh, filming in the Swiss Alps. That's it's uh, what I do really, just taking cool, exciting cars to the Alps and trying to have a bit of an adventure. I think that's my niche, I guess you could say. Yeah. I've, I was just having a look through a sort of a bit of a precursory before the podcast, look through mm -hmm. your Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that. And there's always just like sick pictures in the Alps of generally like a pretty mm -hmm. cool car. So mm -hmm. I'm guessing you don't do videos with generic run of the mill stuff. That's not a name. Mm, I, I mean, I'm very open minded. Um, it's just for me was as simple as combining what I love, uh, which which is filming cars and the Alps. Mm. They're three things that I, I guess I love the most. And when I was watching car YouTube videos before I uh, started YouTube, um, I always thought, why are people not taking cars to better locations? There was a time when I was watching YouTubers and it was just guys driving around London City in <laughs> yeah. super nice cars but i thought yeah it's not so fun driving a car in a city and obviously here i'm in the perfect location 
yeah so it was just just combining those things simple as that really um and yeah I, I love doing it at the moment the alps i mean it's in the winter time all the good passes are closed yeah so i've got to be a bit patient and wait for all the, the big mountain passes to open again uh like Suston pass grimsel pass being my favorites should open around june so they open really late so in the winter months, I often feel a bit lost, um, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. You know, when I, when I don't have the mountain passes, I yeah, kind of don't know what to do with myself. Obviously, we've got the snow in the winter here. You can drive up to ski resorts, go skiing, snowboard. That's obviously super cool. But yeah, what I really love is just taking cars onto amazing roads. Yeah. And so you're, you're, in, you're based in Switzerland, is that right? Yeah, in Zurich, yeah. In Zurich. What, yeah. Have you been there all your life or no, I think... what's led you to Zurich <laughs> or you were just born there? <laughs> no. a, a long, long story has led me here, but um, a short version of it. So I've been here in Zurich probably 10 years now. Uh, I left the UK, so originally, of course, from the UK. I left the UK when I was 19, I think, and... I originally came to Switzerland to work as a snowboard teacher. Oh, really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So that I was, was a ski instructor um, for a bit. Yeah, I, th- I thought you were. I don't know where I saw that, but possibly in a podcast with Tim. Yeah. Could, yeah, it could be. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like my first step into Switzerland, and I already loved the Alps before I came here. I was obsessed with the mountains. It's such a peaceful place, but so dramatic and dangerous at the same time. So I like that combination where you need respect for the mountains. Um, but at the same time, it can bring you so much happiness and peace in your life. Yeah, so that's how I first came to Switzerland. And then from there, I loved working as a snowboard teacher. Obviously super fun. We did, I mean, we did more drinking, I think, than snowboarding back <laughs> like, then. Um, too much apresky and yeah then how, what, what did I do from there I went from there to I had a job in a uh, for a car company terrible job super low salary but it was my way into the car scene right. I knew since I was a kid I wanted to film cars or, or do something with cars film and um, take pictures of cars so when I was snowboarding I was already filming and doing uh, pretty bad photography then. Yeah. But just as a hobby, it was I just wanted to kind of record anything and everything. But as you know, unless you're from a wealthy family or have wealthy friends, you have no contact to supercars. And yeah. nobody also wants to lend you one if you're <laughs> kind of, you know, uh, a nobody, out, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I mean... Um, so my idea for way in, which I get asked, a, well, I think probably every week actually about how to get hold of nice cars. For me, it was it was just hustling, you know. It was just um, obviously no one was going to lend me a, a supercar. I was a yeah young snowboarder um, with no money and like no idea basically. So I, I found this job from uh, in this car company uh, where they were renting out supercars oh, okay. so su- sometimes i got to drive them 
like deliver them to clients. Maybe it was just for an hour or so. Yeah. And I would take full advantage of the hour. I'd go think, okay, I'm going to make something. I'm going to take some pictures. I'm going to, I'm going to film something. And that's where it started. I think I got lucky on my first video. I think my first video on YouTube was, I mean, don't watch it. It is absolutely horrific. I'm but going to scroll back. I don't. <laughs> I don't even know if it's still up. But it was with a Ferrari 488 and it was a rental car for the company I was working with. Oh. And is it there? Let me have a look. It takes I, a little bit of time. I think I actually... Uh, I'm not sure if it is up. The first video is a Maserati MC Stradal. Uh, a 488 hmm. Mountain Pass evening, Maybe. Yeah, that was the second second one I did. But the, the first yeah. video on here is a Maserati. Around okay, I think it's... Um, Maybe you took it down. I'm not sure, actually. Let me look quickly <laughs> on, online. And, and um, yeah, so I got hold of the 488. Uh, honestly, not knowing much about Ferraris then either. And uh, I asked my boss if I could um, take it out for an hour yeah. in the evening after the day. Uh, he said yes, so I took it out. You should, you should be able to see it now. Uh, I took it out for an hour in the evening, not knowing that when the 488 came out, that was actually the first one in Europe that we had. Really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. um, and I, you know, I really didn't know much about Ferrari then. I wasn't up to date with, with, with what was new. Um, so I took it out, filmed on some kind of uh, mountain road in Austria with it. Had one hour with the car. Uh, did a horrible introduction. It was my first time speaking to cam the camera, which yeah. is horrific, as most <laughs> people would tell you. I mean, you know, to watch that back now, it's like, oh my god, it's it's so bad. But um, you know, I'm I'm not. Well, I'm a bit embarrassed about it, but at the same time, not because. Um, it's part of it. I mean, of course, there's some naturals out there that can just uh, were born to be in front of the camera. I definitely wasn't. I don't think there's that many people that are naturally amazing on camera that haven't done no. any, you know, some people, someone might have done a ton of public speaking before. Yeah. But it's quite funny that all, I think every YouTuber, everyone that's posted videos on YouTube knows, and, and it's the same with like the podcast as well. Like yeah. if you scroll back yeah. to like episode one or video yeah. one, you're just like, yeah. oh my God, what yeah. were they doing? <laughs> but I think it's really nice for the people that, might want to start posting videos or are worried mm. about you know oh i'm not very good on all that stuff just go and look at all these people that you now watch their videos you've got millions of subscribers or whatever and go back to the first video because yeah. i guarantee yeah. you they're awful and don't, yeah. don't worry about it yeah i know i know i it, um i did leave it up it is up on the channel still the other ones i took down just because it was uh so badly filmed you know yeah. it was actually nothing to do with with me which is just a terrible video <laughs> but um yeah it was my first time talking to the camera uh, as i said horrific then uh i just went out for a drive in the car and i uh strapped the camera to the window and did this kind of like pov style which people went crazy for then and I uploaded it. I think I probably had like 300 subscribers or something. Uh, uploaded it having no idea that it was so such a searched car at that particular mm. moment. I woke up in the morning and had like 20,000 views. And I was like, what's going on here? That's, I can't watch what's happening. I didn't, you know, 
then I figured out, okay, it's it's really a popular car. And then it, within a couple of months, it quickly hit a million views. Nice. And yeah, kind of just started from there. So I was kind of, I guess, a bit lucky. I don't believe in luck so much, but I was a bit lucky with having that car then. It was a good kickstart to my channel. But that was one of those things, wasn't it? You knew you were like, okay, it's got to be on a good road. Most people mm-hmm. are filming in mm-hmm. crappy locations. Like I'll mm-hmm. fully admit that if I do a video with a car now, it's generally in a crappy location because I don't, there's nowhere decent well, it's all you have, yeah. anywhere nearby. And yeah, you had the right car. Had you driven anything like a 488 up to that point? Or just moving some stuff around for the people you'd rent it, were renting? Yeah, just um, a Hurricane, I think. And Ferrari-wise, a 360. So that was it. I literally, um, yeah, took the car for an hour, limited on kilometers. And back then, you know, sometimes I think about it, it was crazy because I had, yeah, an hour, limited kilometers, but I would push myself to see what what can I do in an hour? What's Mm. possible in an hour? And, you know, now, obviously, it's crazy. It's, I'm getting supercars sent to me for weeks, (laughs) <laughs> you know it's a whole nother world and sometimes i'm i'm blown away by it but i think most people don't realize the amount of hustling i had to do at the beginning yeah um was was just crazy really really is so yeah that was my first video uh, and then, that w- went viral for some, at, whatever reason at the time were you also so you were sort of getting well, I don't know, at this point, you were possibly, you were quite good at photography. Um, but mm. like, getting better at photography. And were you saying to people like, oh, you know, if you let me do a video with the car, mm-hmm. I'll like take some pictures, you can have the pictures. Are you saying that sort of thing? Yeah, I was trying to. My, I mean, my photos were terrible, terrible back then. <laughs> I mean, oh God. Um, which is fine also. But yeah, I was doing some pictures for some people. And it was, yeah, then that was... My camera was a way into mm. getting involved with someone else with a supercar. So, like you said, I don't know, doing some pictures for them or something. And maybe if you're lucky, you get to drive the car. Um, otherwise, I would just <laughs> plan when I was delivering cars. So, yeah. for example, we would rent out a, a Hurricane and I would always try and I would calculate the route and then I would try and leave, you know, an hour early, give me more time with the car. Sometimes I would try and shoot the car on the way to taking it to the client. You know, it was all I had. I mean, there's no other way I was going to get hold of a Lamborghini or something then. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy times, to be honest, and just making the best of, of what i oh yeah what i had and then you know these were my first times in supercars so i was 10 minutes in a in a, in a hurricane i was like in heaven i was just blown yeah. away you know supercar life was, it was crazy i couldn't get over it i was completely uh addicted to it um it's all i thought about yeah was when when can i drive the next not yeah, not even supercar but you know sports car just i just love driving but it was always hard to make the videos then because I never had the time with the cars. So like like the Ferrari, I just had to make best of whatever I could. I think one of my other videos then was with the Hurricane. I had to take it to Davos and I had half an hour free. 
So I did one lap up the Fluella Pass with it and filmed that. So that was like my next video, for example. Yeah, and just just went on from there. For the first year, it was basically just trying videos like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having that that location is so prime for for, for photography and videos. It is. Yeah, I'm spoiled with with the locations, definitely. But it definitely, it it helps separate out your content Mm -hmm. from other people's straight away because... yeah. Yeah. It's just by the very nature of the places you are and where you've picked. Hmm. It's just, I I look at whether it's the photos or the videos and I'm like, oh man, I want to go yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it is special. I think when I when I started all this as well, you know, I started quite late. So I had to think how to be an individual and to be different from mm. everyone else. I just, I think there wasn't much room for just another car blogger yeah you know um my thing was yeah taking the cars to special places to the mountain roads for example and yeah that's i mean it's what i love doing so i'm I'm happy that it seems to work yeah no that's ideal and are you sort of full-time youtube now or not really uh yeah it's another question i get asked a lot it's um it's juggling youtube and working now as a freelance photographer and video creator i don't even know what to call it i don't like that word content too much but it's yeah what they call it content creator yeah video producer i don't know what the word is but it's yeah it's juggling the both i would say at the moment it's split 50 50 okay so youtube for me doesn't generate yeah enough income like people think um yeah. To, to live off. Uh, most people think if you're on YouTube and you have 100,000 subscribers at least, then uh, you're a millionaire, basically. When, and, uh, and I'm it's guessing not it, it's not, not necessarily the case. <laughs> no. Views and whatever, but... Yeah. I mean, my channel's doing well and everything, but, you know, just from uh, views, you know, it, it pays for itself and, and a bit more. And I get by uh, unless I did brand deals all the time, which I don't want to do. You know, every week I'm having offers for promoting products on my channel. And although it's tempting when they're offering you thousands and thousands and thousands, I kind of held back because, yeah, I, I don't want to promote a brand that I can't stand behind myself. Yeah. So, yeah, it, of course, is tempting but uh, I don't want to do that, which means I'm happy working for now anyway as a freelance photographer and um, yeah, video creator. So for example, last week I did a, uh, last month I did a shoot for Bentley. Um, Last week, another shoot for Bentley um, locally. I will do another one for them next month. Um, Yeah. It's just things like this. I mean, it's, I'm, you know, super happy to be working with such brands like that. I mm. uh, worked with Audi Switzerland a lot. Um, often I'm creating things for my channel. Then what I do at the same time, I create something for them. Okay. I think that's where I differ to, I would say, nearly everyone on YouTube is because 
I'm also a photographer. It's like two birds with one stone. So a brand can give me a car. They say, okay, Luke, you do something with it for your channel. But at the same time, can you produce us 10 pictures of the car in the yeah. Alps? So I'm earning money working as a photographer, getting paid as a photographer. But at the same time, I can produce content for myself. And I think for the brands, it, you know, it seems to work quite well because it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. They, you know, they want the car to be shown on my channel. I also want a video, but then I'm also earning money as a photographer rather than earning money as a blogger. Yeah, yeah. That mm. that has always been an angle that I've never really managed to pull it off that well. Um, mm. But basically go, look, lend me the car. I'll make a video mm -hmm. for me sort of thing and shoot yeah. photos for you. And then we get something both out of it for both of us. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, because there's always, and this is a sort of a bit of a hot topic and on the internet at the moment is you know, getting paid for various things. Do you feel like getting paid for <laughs> taking photos at the same time of making a video with a car? Like, are you able to separate that out or you know, are you more likely to be slightly more positive? How do you how do you sit that in your head? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I am very honest, and let's be honest, most new cars are amazing. Yeah, pretty much. I, you know, I, there was a time where people do actually. You know, you start to see comments like, "You oh, you always, um, you know, you say every car is great, but I'm <laughs> first of all, I'm a petrol head. I love cars. Yeah, and." Most new cars are amazing. I mean, technology is just phenomenal these days. Yeah, I do. I mean, I tell the brands, you know, I will point out anything mm. negative. Um, you have to. There's For me, there's no other way. You have, you have to remain like that. Um, and it was the same with Audi Switzerland. I, I've done a lot with them. They even gave me a free car for the whole winter. Sick. And I told them, you know, I will say if there's something negative when i review the car that i will say it and anyone is welcome to even ask them if i've said that to them like you know yeah. it's really the truth and they say yeah of course please do because you have to remain yourself it's, yeah. it's as simple as that there's no secrets so I, i've had no problems with that at the moment yeah maybe if there's a car that i really don't like then i won't film it it depends you know if 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 i can do work for the brand paid work i have to pay my bills that's i think priority at the yeah. moment and if i'm not a big fan of the car then i just, just, I just won't. Yet. yeah I, I can't yeah exactly so simple as that really I'm, I, at the moment i'm picking and choosing what i like to film because i'm not filming that many videos i don't even really want to film a video where it's too negative because for me my videos at the moment are just yeah positive fun you know a feel good vibe yeah um doing something nice uh, and that's how i want to keep it at the moment of just having a nice day in a car in the alps yeah absolutely and in, in looking back at your channel like you've I can see why you wouldn't maybe haven't posted a really negative review of any of these cars because you've had lots of awesome stuff. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but that's the other thing. I mean, yeah, because I've been picking, you know, uh, I think with other YouTubers, then this is, this is, I might be wrong. I'm just thinking that 
a lot of them are living off YouTube uh, only. So they're having to push out more videos, yeah. which means, um, yeah, maybe they had to do some negative stuff. But in general, they just had to film as much as they can to make enough money each month. But with me, because I'm not relying on that to pay my rent each month, I'm just picking my favorite things and trying to do something positive. But even even so, you know, I still, most of the cars, I can still find some kind of negative. Okay, give, give me an example. Uh, Pagani Zonda F, negatives, please. <laughs> the price? <laughs> Fair? <Tick. Yeah. laughs> Very expensive. Um, no, what, what was that car like? That's one of my favorite cars of all time. Yeah, actually, it's funny. I actually forgot that I've driven it. Um, it was really, really unique. Just just the note of the engine, of the exhaust sound. When you bring those revs up, the, the way it screams is, it, you know, you don't forget it, let's say. <laughs> it's so, so unique. Yeah, that was a really, really cool day. I remember, That was quite some years ago now. But yeah, from all the, the hard work... You know, days like that make it worth it when you get an email and saying, Luke, do you want to come by and drive our Zonda? Uh, yes, I'm literally <laughs> there in 10 minutes. Um, and, you know, I took it, obviously, because I knew, hmm, I don't know when I would ever get another one. Driving a Zonda, yeah. it's, um, you know, it's not like other brands where they hand out press cars. And yeah. You borrow a Zonda for a weekend. It's basically, if you know someone that owns one or... Yeah, maybe if you do a trip to the factory and have a good contact, you can uh, take one out, supervised also. So, yeah, the car was uh, mind-blowing. I don't know. I think that one was for sale for, I don't know, 1.4 million or something then. So I, don't, I don't know. Double if, that now. Yeah, probably. You know, I, I don't know if it's worth it. I, I don't know. But, yeah, what a special car. I mean, yeah, it's a Zonda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that a manual one? Yeah, manual V12. I mean, it's just mind blowing. Takes a lot of boxes, doesn't it? That sort. Yeah, it was good. It was a good day. Yeah, it was a really, really fun day. No, I think your your idea and sort of point about only driving stuff that you really want to drive is mm. is key. Like I, I'm I'm of a similar belief. Mm-hmm. Whenever I've done stuff with things that I'm not that keen on, I know mm-hmm. I, I kind of regret it straight away. And I've had it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know whether you found this with brands. They're like, oh, you can drive this car kind of as a bit of like a, you can drive this one. And then maybe in the future, you can drive the one you really want. <laughs> and I, I, I turned down this car. Yeah. So you have to earn earn it first. And I think it was a bit of like a we want you to test you out and see if you earn it. And I was see like, if you, you give us a good me. review. Yeah. And the car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to say what it was. I'm not going to say what the brand it was. But yeah. it was basically a car that I knew. I know beforehand my review is not going to be, or my thoughts of it are not going to be that positive. Not because mm. it's a bad car, but just I just know straight away. Whereas, so like, I'm trying I, to think what car it is. There's a few like that at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but and so and you you like I'm, I'm sure you know exactly you're like okay if it's a new xyz blah 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 tick 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 mm. tick tick mm. chances are i'm excited about it yeah 
let's do a video with it. It'll go well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not excited about a car, you can't do an interesting video. Like it doesn't, it comes yeah. across so well. Yeah, I, you know how many videos I film for my channel that have never been published? Oh, really? Yeah, too many. And I say too many because my videos, I put so much, too much time into. And uh, that's for sure my biggest challenge on my channel is the because I'm filming or trying to film high quality cinematic, which I started off with. Again, that was my idea of how to differ from other people. Yeah. Also, I, I just appreciate high quality videos. They take so much time and so much time to edit that, yeah, I've wasted so much time. I mean, maybe, okay, maybe wasted isn't the word. It was a whole learning process. Yeah. But yeah, I filmed a lot of videos where I thought, yeah, I really want to film that car filmed it and then I watched it back and I was you can see I'm not excited and even at the end of the video I'm just like yeah I don't know what to say really just (laughs) you know it's not worth 100k and I wouldn't buy one and then you know yeah so I've learned from that I've got so many offers from cars every week and now I'm obviously super happy to be in a situation where I can pick and choose but I mean, I'm happy to hear that you think it's also a good idea about, you know, just choosing cars that you actually like. Not saying that you can't find a negative still on them, but I'm I'm also not a car journalist. I never wanted to be a car journalist. I'm I'm just a guy that likes driving cool cars, <laughs> loves filming, loves telling a story, uh, sh- and and sharing passion for for yeah. everything that I love. And and having fun. So maybe I'll talk about the power and the weight uh, and the talk maybe. Yeah. But otherwise, it's just about having fun with the car on a mountain pass. You know, if you want to know details about a car, you can go and see Chris Harris or whoever. Yeah. Or Carfection, who are brilliant, you know. There you would go to for details. But uh, my channel is not about reviewing cars, really. Yeah, I think it's interesting that sort of perception and I, I don't know whether you have comments like this i've had a couple of comments being like you're a really rubbish journalist and i'm like yeah but i'm not a journalist yeah. i've never said i am like yeah. I'm just a guy that yeah. likes cars yeah I th- yeah i think at the, at the big beginning i might have had a few like that but now i think people know my channel yeah now although some people that come across and watch my videos for the first time some people don't get it and that's fine you know that's really it's not for everyone um and there's the other side where people really really appreciate it and mm. I, I know I, I know i'm different to other people i know what i do is different and um yeah it's just about yeah, a positive experience and, and having fun and i don't want to sit there in a supercar that i've been given for a week and try and pick out a negative you know i just want to enjoy it and, uh, and have a, have a good time Simple yeah is that I was chatting to um, uh, my coach, racing coach, the other day, and um, mm. he drives all sorts of stuff. He gets to do. He's one of those people that, if you went to like a Ferrari launch, he would be mm. the the coach that's like making you go faster. And he was obviously really good professional racing driver, and he was looking at some of these. Like reviews that might have come out for example let's say 765 lt uh where a bunch of people went to silverstone mm. and he was like half these people can't drive like at mm. all like really can't drive and i i thought i th- thought it was this we had a sort of interesting discussion about it so because i've 
since I used that used to be my attitude of like there's just people that just can't drive for shit and mm-hmm. why are they even in a car mm-hmm. and I've come I've come fully about and gone well if you look at most customers most customers are average Joe or Jill whatever yeah like they're not professional racing drivers they've probably possibly never driven a supercar before they buy their first supercar mm-hmm. and their experience if you send someone out who's not very good and they send you send them on a track their that person's experience and how they feel will be very similar to the person that's actually going to buy the car they so it's a really valid opinion mm-hmm. of someone that's you know they can't drift it everywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the person that buys the car is probably not also not drifting a car. They don't give, they can't, they're yeah. not going to be able to tell whether you're getting like mid corner understeer or whatever, <laughs> yeah. all that sort of stuff at the limit. Yeah. Um, so like, there's definitely place, and I'm, I'm not saying you're one or the other or whatever, but there's place for this full spectrum. And mm-hmm. the viewing audience, and I think this is possibly something that annoys people that are incredibly, I don't know, I don't know whether it does annoy them, but if you're incredibly sort of professional, journalist reviewer and you very like do all the points and whatever you look at these other things and sort of go oh are they doing the same thing and it's it's not it's there's all these different types of content that are different and they're consumed by people for different reasons whether it's just Mm. i want to see luke driving a pista up an alpine pass Mm. like great absolutely you're at the right place how has your photography sort of evolved over the years what, do, you, do you think you do you have like a look now yeah definitely yeah I feel strong about that I have my own style my own look I get told I think again on a weekly basis people say to me if they see a picture of mine even if there's not a car in mm. there they know it's from me and that's a really cool feeling that's, that's cool. you know I mean with photography as you know you're always learning I'm still, I, I can look at other people's photos and then I think, God, mine are still terrible. <laughs> um, I'm also very hard on myself though. But I definitely have my own style, uh, colours, I guess, and just the way I take the picture. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just an always ongoing learning process. I think light was one of my biggest learning processes where yeah. it's the importance of the right light and since i'm well since i went more professional with everything you know i'm now always getting up for sunrise and driving yeah. places to sunset um that's yeah light is key i think to get the perfect shot but yeah i love i love taking pictures and i think if you do something that you really love that uh, well, it sounds cheesy but it comes from your heart then you will automatically eventually be successful with it the one thing i've learned over all the years if you can if you if you want to start with one thing it's take the photos at the right damn time of day like, yeah yeah <laughs> like you can edit stuff to make it look kind of cool but if you take yeah. if you get the right mm. the right place location mm-hmm. in the right light mm-hmm. right location wrong light mm, no mm, not quite as good right light like it's just a whole nother level it changes everything yeah completely um for example i mean most yeah it's fine no most brands people don't know about this so i did a shoot three days ago for um bentley uh in zug it was about an hour from here at a 
super nice hotel on the lake. Mm. Um, got there at I think, three in the afternoon and they, they're like, right, yeah, you can start taking pictures. I'm like, no, it's near enough midday sun. I mean, I can't take any pictures. But most people don't realize that, that when I told them, no, I'm, I've got to wait till sunsets at 7.30. So I'll start taking pictures earliest around 6.30. Yeah. I just, you can't do anything before. It's just a waste. I mean, I know that now it's a waste of time and yeah, simple as that. I I think I learned it the most. And, and when it does get to that golden hour, like I mm. almost like start like fizzing internally. I do. I, I, I like, freak <laughs> out totally. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's almost like I want two cameras, like, you know, just multiple <laughs> because it's so beautiful and the light's so perfect. I just go crazy. I take in that 10 minutes, take like 300 pictures. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And you know that like you've got half an hour or whatever it is mm-hmm. of like the perfect and you can see it getting better and better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. now, now, yeah, now, 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 yeah, run, yeah. Run around just like banger, 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 <laughs> banger. But, yeah, that was exactly me two nights ago. <laughs> and I, yeah. I now, yeah, I say the same thing. If, if someone says, oh, and I've got someone that wants, has got a really sick car. He's got mm-hmm. a, what's he got? He's got a Zagato Carrera GT. It's green. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let's do something mm-hmm. with that. Um, mm-hmm. But logistically, we haven't been able to put it together at a time that mm-hmm. I want to shoot. I'm like, look, we're going to have to mm-hmm. do it at like 6 a.m. or something or whatever, that sort of time. And it's like, oh, can we not just do it at midday? I'm like, no. And, and I've got to the point now where I'll just be like, I know we're going to do it at some point. I would still like to see the car. We mm-hmm. might do a video or something as well. But I'm not shooting it if it's not at the mm. at the mm. right time. Um, but the first time I think I really noticed this was when I was on road trips. So I did Gumball a bunch of times a while ago as a photographer. And um, I was hanging out with some really sick photographers, like just really awesome. And I still think awesome. Uh, do you know Oscar back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we spoke a few times. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we would be there same like literally you're in the same location yeah and his photos were just like 10 times better and i was like what's going on and then over time of yeah you pick up more tricks learn Mm -hmm. some more things but i realized because you're you're those sorts of situations you're sort of shooting throughout the day like Mm. from the minute you get up to the minute you go to bed and i would get out of a day and i might have shot a thousand photos or whatever it is and you'd look back and go and I would post some of these photos from like basically the middle of the day and then just, mm. just don't look like it. And I, you start to realize you're like, hang on a minute. There's actually no point other than documenting, which is, mm. a, I would say is almost slightly different. Like you just need a photo of this thing because it was cool and you need mm-hmm. a photo of it rather mm-hmm. than you're creating some sort of art. And it just went like from now on. And I've, it would basically from then on in that morning bit and in the evening bit, I would shoot photos and the rest of the time take the odd one. Don't stress yourself. There's no point. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it like a, not, you learn not to waste your time. Yeah. And yeah. it is absolutely wasted time. Like mm-hmm. take the odd it photo, is. but just don't go crazy. Yeah. You know, if the, it, it, it comes down to the client, right? If the client says, but okay, we need pictures from that lunch stop or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, of course you do it. You know, it's fine. It is what it is. But yeah, otherwise you just, um, wait for the right time and then sometimes the weather doesn't play ball and Mm -hmm. you have to work out what can you do Mm -hmm. if you've got a sick location and sick light easy 
photos are mm. pretty easy at that point in time. You could take mm-hmm. them with your phone almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like it's so perfect. Yeah. But then, it, then when it starts getting tricky. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of jealous when I, I follow a few people out in California and I feel like it's so easy to take a good picture there. You can just go any evening at the most beautiful sunset and these yeah. colors that just pop. And I think, yeah, sure, everything can get repetitive and boring. You know, I think maybe if you're there for some years, you would then definitely look at me and go, oh, I would love some mountain weather, some clouds and rain. But yeah, I'm definitely jealous of people that get to shoot out there i think there's people that move there just for the reason of taking pictures mm. it's when i was there with audi for the new rs6 in in malibu i mean you can just take pictures every evening and they look spectacular just the light and everything it's yeah so i do often think about going out to la or so just for a month you know just yeah. to do something different well i wanted to i wanted to uh, this winter, but obviously, yeah, that changed. Shit happened. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> just a little bit. No, it was uh, that. That is absolutely one of those things. I remember sitting in London with like distinctly average weather, watching uh, some of you Nelson's uh, vlogs, mm. and just the the Getting south depressed. of France, like light, <laughs> just the light in the south yeah, of don't. France. It's like oh, and you're looking at these pictures and you uh, yeah. pictures or video, and it's mm. the whole thing, and you're like. Okay, but like, is there a a preset? Obviously, I yeah, make yeah. my own or whatever. But like, is yeah. there some color grading I can do to make my photos look like that? <laughs> and you play for like hours, and you're like, yeah. oh no. And then I've been in that area, and you take yeah. some pictures in the morning, and you're like, no, yeah. it's everything just looks different. Yeah. The light is different there yeah. than it is in the UK. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, same goes for filming, of course. Mm. When I start a video in Monaco or whatever, it's just straight away feel good vibe, yeah, vibrant and happy. Um, whereas in Switzerland, most of the time it's grey and cloudy uh, until I get to the mountain pass. Of course, you know I, li- I like bad weather isn't bad. I like um, on the mountain passes when it's dramatic, it's, it's thunderstorms and rainy and cloudy. You know, this is also super exciting. But yeah, in the south of France, as you said, for example, you can go nearly every evening up to uh, what's it called, uh, Tête de Chien or something, uh, the the viewpoint at the top yeah. where everyone goes oh, to take yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. Stand on there, Zonda. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and it's just golden, you know. It's just it's just magical. It really is. Yeah, if you're a, a lifestyle photographer mm. and you like the sunny look. Mm-hmm. You need to live somewhere that's like LA yeah. or that's got yeah. that light naturally because mm-hmm. otherwise, if, if that's the look you're after, you only get mm-hmm. it by going to those places. You can't can't really no, make it. You can't. I've tried also, you know, by the time you photoshopped in a fake sun and sun flare <laughs> and everything, you think you just take a step back at the photo and think, well, God, what is this chaos? <laughs> it's just, It's just horrible. So... I think maybe I did a lot of um, nighttime pictures, for instance, my fuel station pictures, mm. which people cool. seem to really like. And I think I started shooting at night because in the daytime in Switzerland, the light is terrible in Switzerland. We have really strong, harsh white light here. You, you maybe get five minutes in the evening 
to shoot some nice pictures. So I started taking pictures at night time. You know, uh, it was just for me a, a way to do more pictures. Um, yeah, rather than fighting the daylight always. Yeah. And I, I can't remember, I, I think it was looking through your feed and a couple of other people's feeds. And I was like, you know, I used to take pictures during the nighttime. Or like mm. when I was very, very early on in my mm. photography. And I do like these sort of long exposure shots with like a bus going past and mm-hmm. stuff like that in London. And everyone was like, whoa, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I look back at it and go like, okay, well, I definitely wouldn't do that now. But like no. at the time, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed that element of like night. You can start to create Mm-hmm. something different whether you're adding lights or mm-hmm. all that sort of thing and it, it adds mm-hmm. this different element yeah and it's it- a whole different mood it's just for me it was always creating a mood so one of my favorite films is is blade runner and i, I love that whole blade runner vibe you know mm. this kind of neon lights in the dark and that's where I started taking these uh, shots of cars at nighttime at the fuel stations. Um, yeah, it's still probably one of my favorite pictures to take. I haven't done any recently. You've got to have the right car for for it, of course. But, you know, I, I like the piece as well. So I go to the fuel station. Most people don't realize that I n- normally go in the middle of the night, like two in the morning. Mm. And, you know, it's just nice. You're alone. It's quiet. Some time to to create something when when nothing else is going on but yeah it needs quite some work and commitment to get up in the middle of the night to go take a picture of your station and the amount of times that you get you're like okay i need to be there at five Mm. Uh, especially if you're meeting someone else if you're meeting someone else you have to be Mm. there before them and blah 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 Mm. blah blah and you're like, wait, that means I've got to get up at three thirty, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be shooting. And you and you shoot till I don't know, I somehow shoot till like nine or something. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I've, I've already done like eight hours. <laughs> yeah, no, it's savage. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but it's worth it. Like mm-hmm. those days for me, I try. It just you just got to do it, and the mm-hmm. results speak for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that's also why I don't post much on Instagram. Don't even know when I last posted a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Only because I haven't got a picture that I'm happy with for me at the moment. I've only been so busy doing pictures for for clients yeah. and, and brands the last weeks, which is amazing, of course. But I have not taken any for me that I'm happy with. I've got thousands of pictures, but yeah, I don't like posting anything unless I'm really happy with it. Yeah. Do you think that's worked out well? Because I remember thinking a while ago, like mm. this, this, this concept, sort of the way you do it, of just post pictures you're really happy with, mm-hmm. and don't worry about how often you post. Do you think that's worked out quite well, or is there? You- yeah, it's a difficult one. So, for sure, like you could say, I would probably grow faster on Instagram. I think I don't know. It's now at, I don't know ninety four thousand or something. You know, yep. which is fine. It's nice. Um, and that's, you know, that was just all natural over the last few years. Yeah, I could, if I posted more and you say, okay, I want to work with the algorithm. I want to get bigger on Instagram. I want to get more followers. But in the first place, that was never my goal anyway. It was mm. purely, I'm just going to post pictures I like. Yeah. Um, it was never a goal of, I want to be known or I want to be someone. It was just, I want to do, I, I just want to do what I love doing and the following just kind of naturally came yeah 
with that. So, you know, some people do tell me, you know, from a business side, I should post more. I mean, stories, you know, I love stories. They're, they're great. You can always do Instagram stories, behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Anyway, also with the whole lockdown thing and everything, I've just not been in a situation where I could normally take the pictures that I like taking. For instance, by now, I would have already done a couple of trips to Italy where you have beautiful lights and I would have done pictures for myself, but they were all cancelled. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just, and now it's that change in season. So there's no snow, but there's no leaves on the trees yet. Mm. So everything just looks a bit dead and I'm super unmotivated to take pictures for me at the moment. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I think come summer, then I'm pretty full on. It's a tactic. It, it, it's it's working out the balance. Because um, mm. I and I, I think my, my feed at the moment is like threes. It's whatever car it is, there'll be three pictures in a row. Um, yeah, but yeah, I like that. Which is, sort of works, but it, it it's trying to. For me, it's like trying to blend in all of the things. Like it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I've got a podcast coming out. Can I do something that's relevant to the podcast? Mm-hmm. And someone said to the other, me the other day, it was like, you should do like just a, like a podcast post. Like the podcast mm-hmm. has come out, mm-hmm. maybe a picture of you and the person. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I have to look at that in my feed. And mm-hmm. I hate that picture. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I even hate the fact if I've done a carousel, it's got these little mm-hmm. squares in the corner of my photo. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, yeah. But that's why we do what we do because that's how our brains work. Yeah. Where uh, we're super obsessive with details and lines. Um, but that, yeah, what that's in the end what makes us good. I think what we do. Yeah, you have to be the kind, the person that someone looks at you and goes like, "You're a bit." Like you're a bit over the top, aren't you? Yeah, like, and I'm yeah, like, but yeah, it has I to am. be right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I really am. Yeah. How do you think your um, has your sort of gear changed over the years? And do you have a sort of preference? Do you shoot like primes or zooms? Or- I like primes. I shoot mostly with the uh, 50 millimeter Zeiss 1.4. Are you uh, on, are you on a Sony? Are you on yeah, a Sony um, pictures. Sony A7R three yeah i think and uh filming with the sony a7 s3 oh okay new one yeah how's that yeah king of low light um f- yeah for filming i mean it's 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 incredible it's really you- just beautiful images does it really annoy you i don't think the s the s has the same the normal sony style screen does it annoy you that you can't see your face when you're filming no, the the new S3 has a flip. Oh, does it have around, it? screen, yeah. Oh, winner, winner. Mm-hmm. I, I really want a camera that flips around. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, that's a big highlight that so many people wanted from that camera. So, I mean, that camera is a pure filming camera. Yeah. Forget taking pictures with it. It's like, I don't know, super low megapixel, but obviously because it's a filming camera with filming you want less megapixels which yeah. makes it really good in low light so that's why i have obviously the two cameras yeah yeah no i mean it's it's really expensive um is this it actually here yeah yeah so you see there's the flip around screen oh yeah winner for those um, that are listening it just it just has the conventional like you see on every vlogging camera ever flip out screen, which is just not yeah. been on Sony's forever. <laughs> but because I've been filming for so long, I was always filming my videos before on the A7R. Yeah. 
I was totally used to not having a flip round screen. So now when I had a flip round screen, it actually distracted me for the first month because I want to look in the lens. I want to yeah. look at the people. I don't want to look at the screen like Casey Neistat, but that's why, why he wears sunglasses. Yeah. You don't see that. <laughs> so I'm very used to just looking uh, directly down the lens. Um, the flip out screen I like just for when I set the camera up in the car that I can directly look, not have to get out of the car, run around, look through the camera to see if the yes. angles are right. So for things like that, it's really handy. Yeah, for sure. That is, that's, I would say, my number one problem at the moment is when you're in the car mm. and you want to turn the camera on mm-hmm. and start recording. And essentially, they, I don't think they even have like a filming light. I don't think, I was looking no, at this recently. No. Yeah, so you get like, paranoid, is it on? Yeah. You're basically just praying. You're like, I mm-hmm. hope, it should, I've pressed the right it button. Should, yeah, it yeah. should record, but I have yeah. no yeah. way of telling whatsoever. Yeah, exactly that. No, it's, it's funny. And then, and then you, you do use a camera with a flip out. And you realize that you do that eye thing where you look at yourself or above. Yeah, or... I don't do it at all. Now. I'm so used to looking down. But yeah, if you're not used to it. Yeah, it looks bad. If you if you see someone on on uh, on video and you can see obviously directly when they're looking at themselves rather mm. than down the lens and it's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. So you had a GT4 for a bit. Mm-hmm. For I think around eight months. Was that your first sports car? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, no. Before that, I had a nine eight one Cayman GTS. Oh, yeah. Which I guess you class as a sports car. Yeah, for sure. So that was my first sports car. Yeah. And are you now madly in love with the Porsche brand? Yeah. No, I am. Um, that was all all by accident, you know. Actually, it was just um, I just started filming GT3s, and a GT3 and a mountain pass is simply a match made in heaven. It's just perfection. Even better if it's a manual GT3. Mm. You know, you, you just days for me don't get much better than that. It's you know, forget hypercars or whatever. I mean, I'd take for for a fun factor. I would take a manual GT3, you know, over a hypercar and a mountain pass. Because anyway, with a hypercar, you're way too fast. Yeah. You know, in, in Switzerland, you just end up in prison. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. with massive bills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my, my dream car is a 911.2 GT3 manual touring. or a GT3 RS. Would you go touring or wing, wing no wing? Uh, I like both. I'm open to either. So I think, I, would, you know, if the right spec came up, uh, for instance, there was a Sapphire Blue GT3 Touring for sale with the yeah, ceramics and yellow stitching inside and obviously the ceramics mm. being in yellow. I mean, it was just the perfect spec. I think it was for sale for like 180K. Yeah. So, you know way too much for me anyway yeah yeah um but if it, the time comes when i could go for it then yeah i would choose one based on the spec i think i would just be happy with with either mm. yeah, yeah yeah and it's so difficult to find it's just something i didn't realize until mm. probably the last couple of years in fact 
actually, especially with modern Porsches, they, mm. it's quite difficult if you're in England, for example, to order one with PTS. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually get that many interesting specs no. out there at all. No, um, you really don't. Same in Switzerland. It's uh, super rare. Most are in business grey or, <laughs> yeah. you know, black. I like black, but then you need to have the right wheels and the right interior. Like it's got to be all together. It's got to be all the stuff, yeah. You know, you can definitely go for a full black GT3 with black wheels and then Alcantara and red stitching you know that's cool it looks amazing but i've only seen one for sale in the last half a year like that so yeah it's really uh hard i, I said on a end of a video recently so i recently bought um, an rs6 oh and nice. yeah super happy with it it's as a it feels ridiculous to say but it's my daily driver <laughs> do you get hooked up by audi yeah and with audi switzerland yeah they've they've just supported me you know um so when I started out on, on social media, I think the two my two main brands at the moment on my channel are Porsche and Audi. Mm. You know, I love both brands, especially Audi in Switzerland in the winter. It just works. Yeah. It's just a car that you can do so much cool stuff with in the snow. So, yeah, an RS6 was um, always one I wanted to tick off the box with owning at one point. Yeah. It's just a, a legendary car. Yeah, and they, they just gave me a really good offer on one that I couldn't say no to. And I said, yeah, why not? Uh, let's go for it. You know, it's it's just for, yeah, some time in the end. For me, it's an experience. It will be a, a, a memory that I can look back on and just some fun. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's by no means a replacement for my GT3 dream. I think... Most people don't realize, first of all, how hard it is to find the right GT3. And I've learned from my, well, from some mistakes where uh, with my last Porsches, both was happy with them, but there wasn't my dream spec. Kind of spec, yeah. So because the GT3 is such a dream for me since so long, I nearly bought one. And, yeah, you know, it was, uh, I knew it being on track. It even had an engine change because it blew up. Um, I knew it had been driven hard. But it was basically all I had on offer. I nearly went for it. I'm happy I didn't because I want it to be special. You know, I think it's a car that I would like to try and keep for quite some time. Mm. So rather than rushing into it, I said, okay, I'm going to go with the RS6 for now. Have some fun with it. Yeah, I don't know, sell it at some point. No idea when, no rush at the moment. I've, I mean, I've had it only a couple of weeks, but I haven't even had any time to drive it yet. I've been so busy doing work for other people. You know, do a couple of modifications with it. And then when the time's right, you know, get the GT3. When yeah. the right one comes up. And for me, there's no rush. I, I really don't want to rush into it. I, I want to find Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And just the perfect one. In yeah, it's, ideally it's, sapphire blue would be for me the perfect one. Because I, I, I have a GT3 RS 997. Um, yeah, I watched a video. A couple yeah, of there's aqua blue, and yeah. that just it just worked out. I was looking for cars, and I sort of mm. wanted one in that color, and then mm. it came up, and I well, I bought it in the end, but I didn't realize at the time because my journey for finding that car was relatively short, like a couple of months mm-hmm. or something, how rare that spec is. Mm-hmm. And for me, like aqua blue with uh, ceramics, so yellow brake calipers mm-hmm. with like yellow seat belts, mm-hmm. and it's got some carbon and stuff inside or whatever, mm-hmm. was like absolutely my perfect spec for a GT3 or GT3 yeah. RS. And I always thought, oh, well, if I were to buy another GT3 or something down the line, mm-hmm. like I would... I would love a 991.2, mm-hmm. probably touring. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're just, like you said, with your, you're just adding adding amounts to the price. Yeah, yeah. But I want it, like you. Like you. I, think it's, this is, I think this is something about being a photographer as well and like mm. colours, loving colours. Mm-hmm. Like I want it in the exact spec that I want, mm-hmm. but I think yeah. I'm sort of accepting now that that is impossible. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to pull the trigger on something like that, I will have to buy one that's as close as possible, maybe has the interior and ceramics mm-hmm. or something, or depending mm-hmm. on whatever I want to do with it, and then repaint it. And I'm just mm-hmm. accepting that mm-hmm. if I if it's a car I'm going to own forever, I'll own mm-hmm. it for a year or something, drive it as is, make sure mm-hmm. I really like it, and then just ha- and then have to do a respray and yeah. just be like, yeah, this is part of the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Um, my other thought was also yeah, maybe wait until a point I could afford the new GT3 and mm. order a, um, yep. a brand new one in spec you know, my dream spec. But yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I just, yeah, I think with you as well, learn not to rush into it. And, you know, the funny thing is, of course, the, the new RS6 I have on paper is the same price as a nice manual gt3 911.2 so maybe people think well if it's the same price why didn't you buy one of them but (laughs) the thing is with with audi i get deals yeah like many youtubers or whatever do you know you you get special rates and the thing with porsche is although my channel was probably it's been so much around porsche um they don't they don't offer me anything um which i'm not 
bitter about it at all <laughs> <laughs> i'm the same i'm like come on of all the brands porsche like, yeah i'm like come see me you know just you know not angry at all about it um it's just it's but, what it is isn't it they no, know they make good cars <laughs> but that's the annoying thing they, they're just like well if you want it buy it yeah i'm like well i can't afford it but maybe you can help me out you know so uh, they're so in demand porsche's it, it's. I mean, in Zurich, it's Porsche City here. It's crazy. I mean, every second person is driving a 911. Let's say I before the R6, I looked for four months for a GT3, and it was. It just became so stressful. It became to the point where I almost thought, I don't know if I want one anymore because mm. I. Everyone I went to see, let's say in Zurich, there is a huge scene here of flipping Porsches. So people. Right. It, in Zurich are just getting filthy rich off uh, buying Porsches and selling them. Mm. And that's the only people I'm meeting. So everything was a bit black. Everything was a bit dodgy. Uh, 90% of the time I would go and see a GT3. And then I, I know a lot of people in the Porsche scene here. So that I would send them pictures. I'd say, yeah, do you know anything about this? They would nearly always say, oh yeah, that's been on track for, 90% of its life. So it's got like 10,000 kilometers on and most of that was on track, but they're not telling you. So like, the scene here in Switzerland with Porsches is really, I don't know what the word is, dare I say a bit corrupt. It's um, it's really hard to find a genuine one where someone isn't lying about the Something. car being on track, which most of them have. You know, most people buying GT3s here are buying them and then, just doing track days with them yeah. outside of Switzerland, not in Switzerland, of course, because we don't have any tracks here. You know, or like the one I went to see, um, I even had the engine changed on it. So, yeah, it's really tough to find the perfect one, which so I didn't obviously give up. It's still my dream, but I you know, decided not to rush into one that I'm only 70% sure about. Yeah. And, uh, just, just wait for the right time. It is tricky, isn't it? I think as, as time mm. goes on, when you're like, I would like to buy X car, mm. there's this pressure. For me, there's definitely this pressure just sort of like builds up and builds up and mm. builds up. And, so, and then it's just like, buy a car, buy a car, buy, yeah, just buy, yeah. buy a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just do something. I'm like, yeah. all right, I get the R6, fine, never do. <laughs> like, but yeah, How's you know, that? the R6, yeah, I'm super happy with it. I mean, it's an R6. It's, it's a cool thing. They, I've, I've not driven the new one. Okay. And, but I love... Like I've loved RS6s forever mm. and I've, mm. it's always been, I think like it's always been one of those cars. It's like, I kind of would like to own an RS6. Yeah. You point. just want one. You, <laughs> even if you don't know why you don't need the space. You're like, I just want one in my garage. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the new one, especially, I mean, the looks visually, I, I love um, more than enough power, too much power, you know, actually, but I love the car. I can use it for everything. It's, good looking so i can do pictures with it for my social media i can do videos with it i can drive it in the snow i can also do a mountain pass video with this car you know it's still you can drive it like a sports car so i can do a lot with it it's just um yeah for me it's just it's just will be an experience and uh yeah another one kind of ticked off the box part of the problem with buying a car on youtube now is the whole thing is kind of been ruined a bit by uh, certain YouTubers that bought and sold cars on a weekly basis, um, which is a shame. It's not so special anymore. Uh, it's funny. When I sold my GT4, it had 
always 95% positive comments, if not more, but there's always a few negative. And then people start saying like, um, Oh, another YouTuber just buying, selling cars, flipping cars. (laughs) Oh, you know, and I'm like, that's my second car in like five years. And, and because I sold my car, it's like you were, it's straight away put into that box of, the other YouTubers, certain ones from the UK. It's not really that, though, is it? No, and it's super unfair, but that's the unfair part of the internet that I've been, you know, I've seen over the last year where if certain YouTubers do that, if you to buy and sell one car, you're straight away put in the box with them that have owned 10 cars in one year. And I'm like, yeah, I've owned, this is the only car I've, I've owned this year. And yeah. even when I explain it, you know, even when I'm trying to say, look, guys, I, I got to sell it for this reason. And the thing with the GT4 was I got it a month before COVID started. So just the oh, worst yeah. time. I got the car uh, and then drove it a little bit and then COVID started and we couldn't you know, even leave the area at the time. So I had this GT4 sitting in the garage. I'm like, great. Uh, so... My plan was to do road trips with it. I had to cancel everything. I lost like three months of work. I was working then as yeah freelance photographer. I was meant to be doing a lot with Audi. Mm. Uh, they said, yeah, well, great. We're going to use you over the next couple of months. And then all the events were cancelled. So I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, I've got no income. <laughs> yeah, GT4, can't make videos with it. Like this is, okay, this is bad. So yeah, I got that car at a very bad time. And... Then when things eased up towards the end of the year, I knew yeah, winter was around the corner. And I said, yeah, okay, I'm going to sell it because I'm not going to keep the GT4 sitting in the couch costing me money uh, that I can't use. For, for whatever car that I have, I need to be able to use it. I need to be able yeah. to make videos with it. And, and yeah, I can't just pay for a car for no reason. So, um, yeah, I decided to sell it. And for some people, that was very dramatic. you're always going to get those people (laughs) commenting though aren't you and i think anyone that follows you or that sort of stuff will know that Mm. you're you're doing it for your reasons rather than just like oh yeah i just got i bought this new car oh i've sold Mm. it i've wrapped it yeah exhausted in like a month yeah yeah exactly and this was over you know people exaggerate they're like oh it's kept it for three months i'm like First of all, it was eight months. Second of all, I, I even explain like that exact reason, you know, and tell people like, I mean, it was hard that year. Like, just the misconception is if someone sees you in a cool in a cool car, they think your life's amazing. Yeah. Oh, this guy's there's nothing to complain about. His life's awesome. You know, it wasn't the case. I mean, you know, if bills to pay, and I couldn't just keep a car for. No reason. And then it was the case of saying, how can you sell your dream car? So the GT4 was my first dream car. But what I've tried to explain is I've got many dream cars. Yeah. I mean, not loads, but, you know, let's say five. Uh, <laughs> GT4 was one. GT4, I used to try and explain, was my realistic dream car. Yeah. So I, it's easy to say, yeah, my dream car is a Zonda. But I think, you know, it doesn't make sense saying that. I, I like to have realistic dream cars. And the first one was a GT4. And I reached that. It was, apart from COVID, just completely ruining my time with that car, which, yeah, I will forever be um, 
slightly sad about that I didn't get to experience mm. what I wanted to do with it really. But having buying a dream car doesn't mean you keep it for life for no. me at all. It's it's an experience, it's a memory, and it's you tick it off the box and you move on to the next one. Unless you're super wealthy and you can buy ten cars. Sure, great. But if I, I, I'm in a position where I can only um own one car at a time, that's the only way yeah. I can do it. So okay, we're gonna move on to the next car. Um yeah, that that's how it is for me. Yeah, totally. And like you're clearly enthusiastic about them. Like so it's not <laughs> Yeah, I love cars and that's what I don't get, you know, if someone complains about it, I'm like, but uh, I'm a petrol head. I mean <laughs> Uh, yeah i love cars i i want to buy cars i want to also sell them i want to then try a different one that's i think that's what part of being a petrol head is and you know if you're on youtube and if, if you if your channel is going well uh, and everything um and brands want to work with you you know as you get bigger you get more opportunities so you, the opportunities get bigger they get they get better um so of course you you do move on if you have things ha- like laid out on mm. a table for you and say look here you can own this dream car and like uh yeah okay I'll sell this car and get that I'm not going to say no to it because I'm a petrol head because I love cars and like I said for me it's just uh I don't know you're you're only here once aren't you I don't need to I like the idea let's say of owning a perfect spec manual GT3 forever yeah sure but then again, if if I never get past the point of not being able to own more than one car, it doesn't mean that I also wouldn't then eventually sell that to try something else after some years. Yeah, it's that it's it's such a a weird one that one, and like I mm-hmm. get loads of people they say this all the time about some of my cars, like oh don't ever sell that. I'm like, oh, can you just like, <laughs> stop saying that, please? Because I, I get I get where it comes from because you're like this is really cool. But like like my GT3 RS, I love that car, but I don't drive it that much. I'm driving it mm. a lot more now because um, mm. I just made that decision. I was like, okay, well, either you should get rid of it or drive it more. Mm. And I love that car mm. and I could see myself having it forever, but mm. I don't want to fall into the mindset of I'll just keep it forever mm. just because. Like, this, that's a yeah. stupid thing to do. Yeah. You know, cars are expensive. Even yeah. if the value's going up, they're still expensive <laughs> mm-hmm. to run. Yeah, you don't get that back till you sell it. So if you never sell no. it, you still spent a lot on the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very—I think it's very easy for what if you've got one car, two cars, just to be like, okay, I'm just going to keep this one forever, and mm-hmm. then try and add another car, which mm-hmm. is just another expense, rather yeah. than really taking a hard look at yourself and go, okay, but yeah. I could have fun experiences in other cars, and I could always, yeah, exactly, I could always buy another one later down the line. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, you can end up getting quite some hate for that. But you know, the, the problem was it was just ruined by um, the situation. Certain, yeah, or well, certain people that went too extreme with buying and selling cars, buying it, doing a wrap, selling it. You know, it, it was too too extreme, and it took away the specialness of. But I think is that word. I, I I get what you're saying with that, and I, I agree to some extent. But I think if you're like a come across as a real person and mm. a purchase is really exciting to you or driving a certain car is really exciting to you, mm. that doesn't negate like someone's reaction to you 
going mm. through that or for you like if someone else could drive a zonda for example mm. and it's one of those cars i've always wanted to drive or maybe the new gordon murray t50s or an f1 mm. or something like that and go and they could drive it and i can appreciate them driving it or they might not have a good time and it might seem really boring mm. but if i get to drive the car and i have a great experience Mm. i've had a great experience driving the yeah. car and if yeah, i made a video yeah. and it comes across like i'm having a great experience mm. yeah that negative one has no real impact on mm-hmm. my video my audience and then also mm-hmm. just how i feel about the situation mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree but yeah it does it does seem a bit cliche now just <laughs> buying any car seems like a cliche thing to do because like oh well yeah, yeah just, you're just a yeah. youtuber you're like yeah they're really expensive things these cars yeah, <laughs> yeah and and you know uh, it's a huge amount of time it's not just oh i went out and got an r6 you know there's contracts there's you're back and forth for months of discussing terms and conditions and what's allowed what's not allowed um you know it's a big time-consuming thing yeah and yeah i mean i will start to use it soon i want to do some road trips road trip videos with it something that i enjoy yeah as much as mountain passes on my channel is um road trips so mm. often the car was you know it's just 50 percent of the video it's sometimes less the rest yeah. was staying in a cool hotel showing an amazing road um meeting up with really great people um just having a fun experience one of my favorite videos on my channel is uh, it's called um i think this is life in the alps or this is the alps i can't remember uh it was a one week road trip with audi with the r6 where i filmed every day for the whole week you know from snowboarding to apres ski oh, cool. everything and since then people come back to me and say, well, first of all, they re-watch it every week. They, mm-hmm. they, they love it, especially because of COVID, I think, that, you know, we like to look back on those times. Oh, I remember the time when we could go to Apres Ski and be around other people. But I had more positive feedback from people talking about the food that I was eating in a restaurant <laughs> or, or the location than the car. Yeah. And I love that because for me, I, yeah, I, I love those experiences. And the car is the thing that can take me to these places. Yeah. So it can look pretty in the photos, but ultimately yeah. it gets you to these places to hang out with friends, meet new people. Yeah, exactly. So that's why also why I love cars for that reason, that they can take you to special places uh, I just like doing very alternative things on my channel. So my, let's say I want to film a video. I'm trying to find a special Italian car. I'm obsessed with um, Italian food, um, obsessed with pizza, mm. especially in Italy. So I think, okay, I want to find a special Italian car and I want to do a video driving whatever from Switzerland to Napoli to buy the world's best pizza. That for me is like my dream video. Yeah. That's how, how my mind works. And maybe some people think it's weird. I really don't care. But yeah, you have to do what, what you love to do. And that's my idea of literally a perfect way to spend a day to drive eight hours to, to Napoli and buy like <laughs> the world's greatest pizza or something, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I love those sorts of videos. Like yeah. something that's got a bit of a story, a bit of a journey. Yeah. Yeah. that sort of thing going on and then it might even have a car in it at some point yeah and who, yeah who wouldn't want to do that in the end who wouldn't want to jump in a supercar and drive to the you know south italy 
to buy like the best food you've ever eaten. I mean, it's a dream yeah. for me anyway. Absolutely. You've driven the new RS e-tron GT. Yeah. Um, I, I drove a Taycan rear wheel drive, the base model the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, how did they, have you driven a Taycan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had one for a week. How do you find those two cars? Yeah, I love them both to start with. Um, the Taycan, you know, you sit inside, it's like, yeah, I'm in a Porsche. Great. Yeah. It's a fantastic feeling. It's a Porsche. But after some days, it's super fast. Looks nice, but only in the right spec. I've seen many around Zurich, for example, in very ugly colors and ugly mm. wheels. So you can easily make a Taycan, I think, look very boring. Yeah. Um, so in the right spec, it, they look incredible. And I like the sound they make, this kind of spaceship sound, whatever it is. I think it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. But by the end of the week, it definitely wasn't a car where I thought, oh, I want one of these. Mm. Oh, I don't want to give it back. It just was simply nice to drive and very expensive. I think the one they gave me, the price tag on it was like 200, 250,000 Swiss francs. Mm. You know, it's like, it's a lot of money for an electric car. Yeah. My, more my thinking of if I own an electric car at the moment would be something small and cheap that makes sense okay i'm going to use it to go to the city i'm going to use it to go and do some daily business within yeah 100 kilometers i like i like that idea but not spending supercar money on an electric car so price tag was pretty high and with the e-tron gt yeah which i think will be a bit cheaper i really liked it um Maybe you could say it's more unique than the Taycan. You know, it's more more special in that way. Uh, the front is not so good looking. The The Taycan looks great from mm. the front and the back. The GT looks great from the back. Yeah, it's a typical Audi feeling inside, So, which means nice. Everything works. Everything feels good. Um, I couldn't say which one I would go for. Yeah, I don't know. They're both, they're both great. But it's a really hard choice. Maybe le- leaning more towards the Porsche. But then I have other days where I go more towards the GT. I, it's, yeah, I couldn't say which one I prefer at the moment. Yeah. An interesting bit about the e-tron GT that I noticed. The interior, and mm. I've seen this with a bunch of cars at the moment. I feel like they've kind of gone, we've gone past peak amount of touchscreen and we've gone too mm. far. And I would say the mm-hmm. Taycan... There's too much touchscreen for me. Just mm-hmm. th- buttons you actually want to press often yeah. are touch mm-hmm. buttons and they're a pain in the ass. Yeah. Whereas hasn't the e-tron, it's, it's brought that back a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's like a few more buttons have come back into the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I think if the e-tron GT is quite a bit cheaper, then I totally get why you would, you know, more go with that car for an electric car, let's say. You know, it depends. If you really want that Porsche badge, you know, if you're really a Porsche fan, then yeah, I get it, which which I am. But for an electric car, I don't know if I'd be willing to spend, yeah, that higher price tag just to have a, a Porsche for an electric car. Yeah, and I think it, it's tricky. When I look at those sorts of cars and they're in the category of like your RS6, and I would mm. always go for a car with that shape, the, the, mm. the Avant, shape because Mm -hmm. it's just so much more practical for chucking Mm -hmm. stuff in 
Yeah. Um, but when I look at a car like that, and, and I has a, I have an S4 Avant, that's kind of like my daily. The majority of the time I'm with that car, okay, around town, whatever. But then it's longer trips. Mm-hmm. It's loading up the car and going away for the weekend or mm-hmm. driving long distances. And those electric cars that are not Teslas at the moment, whether it's the Audi or the Porsche mm-hmm. or whatever, the range just isn't enough to do no. that job. <clears throat> it's not. Yeah, I struggled with the... I mean, with with the GT, I can't comment because um, it was a planned event. So we had our fixed things to do. But with the Taycan, yeah, I got to use it for a week in daily life. And I had a few times here where I struggled to find a good charger, a fast mm. charger. And it did, you know, it did become a bit of a headache towards the end of the week where I'm like, I just want to drive somewhere and I can't. Yeah. Um, but that's where Tesla is winning, of course, just for the... Um, the infrastructure which everyone talks about you know it's all good having the best performance electric car but without the infrastructure it kind of devalues it quite a lot and with tesla here you have superchargers everywhere it's quick it's simple and it really does work you know it's just a shame i think the tesla cars are pretty ugly yeah, um, they don't they don't tick any of the sort of photographer in me love no, car elements no which not is a at shame. all yeah, I mean they're gonna. What, what's he working on now? What's the new one? The thousand PS. Oh yeah, model S something something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean this Ludicrous looks blah 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 blah. Yeah, plus this played, looks really played. cool. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So um, yeah, this looks great. But I had the Model X. I had the Model S. Um, yeah, super nice to drive, and I loved. I loved the charging, and I loved. In Tesla, um, the big screen. Mm. So when you're charging, I put on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Chill in the car, watch Netflix. And it's actually really fun. You know, you really, you're entertained while you're charging, which I don't quite understand why other people haven't done yet because charging is a thing where you need entertainment. If it's a rainy day, you know, you're just sitting in the car for half an hour otherwise with yeah, nothing to do. Yeah, no, it's the, the the charging network situation is definitely a problem. Um, I recently I've heard loads of stories of nav systems, and I'm not sure which manufacturers, but not Tesla. And you could mm. say I want to drive 600 miles or something. You plug mm-hmm. in a location 600 miles away, and it would mm-hmm. say, okay, you need to charge twice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it would take you, and it would take you to somewhere that was like a three pin plug. And mm. you plug in and you're like, you need to wait 15 hours. You're like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no, no. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it, yeah, it, totally. it'll get there, I think. And like you, yeah. I see it in my life. I did drive the Taycan and I was like, oh, this is, I, I, I like where this is going. Yeah, totally. I agree. Like when I got in, I was like, okay, this is getting exciting finally. Um, especially when I saw one completely blacked out mm. with the yellow ceramics black wheels at night time cruising through zurich city with the spaceship sound I was like, <laughs> okay this is real life blade runner like it looked so cool so that really excited me definitely yeah and and the the small things of electric cars like uh, yeah i think for me it's got to be a small city mm. car that's what will be the next mm-hmm. if, if i get an electric car it'll be something cheap ish and mm-hmm. small but I love the idea, and this would, I imagine would be brilliant in somewhere where you get snow all the time, is mm-hmm. you can tell the damn thing to turn itself on and warm itself up mm-hmm. before you've got in it. Like, mm-hmm. 
you don't have yeah. to stink out your garage with exhaust fumes mm-hmm. or whatever and just mm-hmm. get into a warm car with a clear windscreen yeah. ready to it's go. It's comfortable. Yeah, I, I think in the video with the Tesla, I explained it like when I get in, it's like jumping into your lounge each, <laughs> each time. You feel very comfortable. You kind of have everything you want. It's easy. It works. It's just a very nice, comfortable place to be. And not exciting, you know, like a sports car, but as a as a daily driver or sure although for me it's still like too expensive like i said i'd rather something just really small even if it has like i don't know 150 kilometer range yeah. that's my idea of an electric car at the moment yeah like i've always looked at being whenever i'm in monaco i see twizzies mm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and um they're just like you look at them and they work in the south of france because it's warm mm-hmm. all the time yeah but you're like that's perfect the, the range mm-hmm. is 30 yeah. miles or something yeah and they just zip around and you're like oh yeah, yeah that works yeah yeah Absolutely totally works. pop down to monaco to the bakery yeah to get your croissant and then cruise around <laughs> exactly yeah. you've driven some pretty interesting cars actually 599 gto mm, yeah what was wow. that like wow yeah that was a special one yeah the sound um so the one that i drove was owned by fernando alonso cool it's a one of one of one and so it's had some special tweaks to it that none other had Mm. so it's also a bit louder than every other stock anyway yeah gto um yeah that car blew me away it's just uh, just the i think the sound was one of the most addictive sounds i've ever heard and i drove it i drove it a few times i also drove it in italy past the police at quite some speed (laughs) And all they did was give me the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, Amazing. Yeah, you know, it's a legendary car. Uh, yeah, you can see from my smile, it's, uh, it just makes me ha- uh, smile thinking about driving that car. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's one of those ones I look back and go like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool, cool, cool thing. Yeah, I mean, if you want one now, what, they're over half a million, I guess. Yeah, they, I think they had like a crazy peak. Yeah. maybe four years ago, mm-hmm. where they were nearly like a million in the UK. Mm-hmm. That would have been a great time to just go, thank mm-hmm. you very much. And then, yeah. then they've come yeah. back down. I, I don't know what they are now. Mm-hmm. 500, 450, something. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. sorts of amounts of money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very cool things. Uh, Carl, I've, I've not driven any 992s, but mm-hmm. have you driven, you've driven a few. Have you driven like a bunch? 4S, Turbo? For, yeah. What yeah, was the... What was your favorite of the ones you've driven? <clears throat> I guess the turbo. <laughs> the launch control is frankly terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, yeah, on part of the video um, towards the end, I try a launch control on a mountain pass, which looking back <laughs> maybe wasn't the best, but I have full faith in the uh, traction control yeah. keeping me on the road. And I was not prepared for what it did to me. <laughs> it's absolutely um savage it's like nothing i've ever felt that launch control is just crazy and i think yeah if you watch the video my uh expression says it all it's really really <laughs> a, a crazy car had the roof down as well so i really you know got the full feeling of yeah, the, the warp the turbo effects. sounds and the the wind and yeah it's, it's, i say it was terrifying terrifying but amazing you know it's the best combination which is what you want in a car actually in a sports car you want it to scare you 
uh, a bit. That's part of the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's uh, a, a friend of mine has a 765 LT mm-hmm. and he took it out. I think he's, he got it in the last six months or whatever. So it's been generally quite cold here. And he took it out this week and he was saying for the first time it was dry. And he was like, you can't put your foot down mm-hmm. all the way even mm-hmm. in the dry, not from like a speed point of view, just a grip. Mm-hmm. He's like, you mm-hmm. just don't have mm-hmm. the grip, enough grip mm-hmm. to give it full beans. And you're like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what you want in a, that's kind of what yeah. I want in a supercar. Yeah. It's such a good car, you know, so it's crazy, but at the same time, it's not a widow maker. Yeah. Because it's, you know, with the electronics they have now, it's, it's quite a different world. So it scares you in the sense of like, it's mind blowing fast, but not in the sense of that I ever felt that I, I was not in, yeah. in control. Like the 997 GT2 that I drove, which tried to kill me literally <laughs> in the first 10 minutes. And then I was like, oh, okay. So now I understand where the name, the Widowmaker widow comes from. Because that, that was like quite a tuned one. Yeah, I think 700. Yeah, because stock, they were like 615, something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. 700, um, manual gearbox, of course. And then I realized, you know, having that power with a manual gearbox doesn't really work. It's, it was, I mean, on that car anyway, it's so aggressive when the turbo kicks in. I mean, you're you're fighting the wheel, but at the same time, you're trying to change gear, but you want, (laughs) that's when you want both hands on the wheel. So it's an experience, let's say, um, and even with the traction control on, the back end was just kicking out. Yeah. But it, and it bites. It's not in other cars, you, f- you feel it coming. I'm like mid-corner, oh, this is nice. And then a second later, it's like this, like <laughs> completely unplanned. And my heart stopped and I thought, okay, I'm going to die. Um, and that was within the first 10 minutes and driving nice. pretty normal. That, mm. that I'm, I'm quite a careful driver. So... Um, and it caught me out straight away. <laughs> With, you know, it makes me smile also because it was, you know, obviously was such a laugh. Um, Quite an experience. Happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I want to drive it again. It's um, it's just so mad. It's I, just absolutely mad. I've driven, a, I've driven a 997 GT2, a normal one, in, I can't remember where I was. I was in somewhere in the UAE, so like slightly dusty roads. Mm-hmm. And that, like, even at that power when the boost sort of came in it wasn't i didn't feel like it was crazy fast because i think you just mm-hmm. we're all adapted to fast mm-hmm. stuff now but mm-hmm. there definitely was a bit of like a traction lack of traction when the boost mm-hmm. came in not mm-hmm. super scary mm-hmm. but i can imagine if you add another 150 horsepower probably another chunk of torque mm-hmm. starts mm-hmm. to get interesting but yeah definitely i mean okay I, when i went out i think it was six degrees <laughs> yeah yeah cold <laughs> like cup ties on and yeah it wasn't the best um it was like just before winter kicked in and i really wanted to film it so it was like yeah. i knew that was the last day where before it snowed so i went for it and yeah i really had to take care to say the least yeah because it's that first 20 minutes um on cold tires because like cold mm. tires just they've just got nothing absolutely no, nothing. no grip whatsoever no no i mean well in the rs6 you can just go flat pretty quick it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a beast it, you know for that sense i love it but um yeah in a sports car especially a porsche with um all the weight on the back as well um uh, no not recommended <laughs> yeah i i had a, another vivid reminder in the same sort of thing i was at uh, silverstone earlier this week uh, doing a test day in my in my radical and we put 
new set of tires on it halfway through the day and they still had the stickers on Mm-hmm. so you can see the sort of stickers going around like this mm-hmm. but that at that point in time when they're cold with stickers on it's 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 literally like ice a normal mm-hmm. road is like ice mm-hmm. and you yeah, just turn into the corner you're like oh mm-hmm. oh oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it yeah yeah i mean I, i'm definitely no um you know no racing driver at all but it, yeah i really appreciate now how important tires and tire temperature mm. is yeah i always get that same whether it's the f40 or gt3 the first like 20 minutes mm. just give it a bit too much and you're like oh mm. see you later yeah. oh bit, yeah. of bo- bit of boost coming in yeah but yeah cool well i normally wrap these up with five questions okay please are you ready do you have a most yeah. memorable driving trip or journey yeah probably um the best of the alps video so where mm. i did the week uh exploring different parts of the Alps in Austria, France, Switzerland. Um, It was just fun. And especially now with everything that's gone on and looking back at that time and just appreciating it so much. Yeah. You know, it was a group of 10 creatives. Everything's planned. So I don't have to think about anything. I can just do what I love to do Mm. with other people that share the same passion of taking the best picture and getting the best shots and, and, and having the most fun on a road trip. So I think, yeah, that's one that really stays with me. I think, yeah, it was one of my most popular videos. I think it has like 900,000 views. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's more like a movie that was something I always wanted to do on my channel was actually to create small movies. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with film and I would like to do more short movies, but they're really hard to do alone. Yeah. And it's really hard to find someone that has the time to come and help me. So, um, yeah, that was a bit like a short, uh, a short movie from the week. Um, yeah. Storytelling, I think, which people love. So, yeah, that one really stays with me. And what I like about that is, you know, it's a video that people go back to. So I have people message, messaging me all the time saying, that they watch it on a regular basis eight months later yeah. or when they need, you know, to feel good again on they miss the normal times, they go and watch that. And it, that makes me super happy. Of course, if people are watching it and smiling, then yeah, I'm smiling too. Yeah, that's super cool. That's, and it's really cool to get messages to say that people go back and watch it again. You're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that was always my plan on my channel to try and create some videos, not not these one-off hits where it's a couple of days, gets the views, and then it dies. Yeah, I really, although some of my videos, you know, are more basic like that, which is fine, but I would like to every month or every two months create more sort of a special video mm. that it's long-term, that's more like a movie. I have my favorite films that I can watch once a month the whole year so i like the idea of creating more things like this that has more meaning to it that people go back and, and re-watch over and over again yeah yeah and it's great like long-term works for the channel mm-hmm. and it's you, yeah you definitely, can be proud yeah. of those sorts of things as well yeah 100 percent. yeah right five car garage unlimited value uh yeah manual gt3 manual gt3 1.2 uh guess a carrera gt Oh, yeah. Um, RS6, definitely in there. That would be the daily. Yeah, sweet. That's uh, three. Two more. Well, I would, I would like to say 
an F40, but then again, I've never driven one. I'm only going on... What people say. Yeah, and the legendary status of it. It's pretty good. Um, I need an Italian car in there, 100%. Yeah, let's go with an F40, even though I've never driven one. Cool. And one more. Uh, Would you have like a classic? That, that is a classic, but you maybe older, I don't know. Yeah. Or a track car or a race car. I guess your GT3 could be a track car. Yeah, you can do both of that. I like the idea of a classic. Um, if it did, yeah, probably would be a Porsche. I think there's room for another Porsche in the garage. Mm. Ah, but which one? That is, that is a tough one. Or, okay. So, you know, there's part of me that wants to say, like, okay, take a Bugatti Chiron or something. And, you know, yeah. that is cool. And I was in one for the first time like three weeks ago. But I still don't know if it would be in my dream garage. Yeah. It's an amazing car. There's no question. And the fastest thing I've ever experienced in my life. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe then something like a Zonda. Just something that's just totally different. You know, manual V12 Zonda. Yeah. Um, again, Italian car. I love Italian brands. Uh, so yeah, I've got the, Ger- the German cars, the Italian cars. Yeah. I think off the top of my head, like rushed. Sounds like that would be a good garage. I think. Yeah, there would be a laugh. You could roll with that. (laughs) Yeah, I could could roll with that forever, no problem. Okay, if you could only drive one car for the rest of your life and you've got Mm. like a 500 euro banger on the side, so you've got one car plus a cheap, 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 cheap. So unlimited funds. Unlimited funds. Yeah, because normally actually that's when people would say the RS6. Yeah. That, that would fit um, into that mold, but yeah, totally. But unlimited funds, then then it changes things. Then I would say possibly, oh, that's yeah, <laughs> because it's one of those things. Again, you could say, oh yeah, I take yeah, then I take a Bugatti Chiron. <laughs> but I know there would come a time where I would just be longing for a, a true sports car. Yeah. So I think, even though it's unlimited funds, I would say. GT3 because I know for a fact you you can use that for normal business of course it's not the best but you can and it gives you so much um, so much reward to drive it properly on a road but it is kind of usable so yeah I think and I think it would have to be a manual gearbox if it's one car forever then probably it would actually just be my, my dream car which is yeah a 911.2 yeah. GT3 and a manual. Um, I would, you know, even say the newer GT3, but I'm thinking more pre-OPF filter yeah. because I want the full sound. I want the full emotion. Yeah. If I had to say one now quickly, then yeah, why not that? And it would be great. Yeah. Right. Most undervalued car at the moment. Something I've definitely not even thought about. It's tricky. <laughs> It's, the, it's a really tricky, really tricky one. Undervalued car. I think the problem is I'm only driving such high performance cars at the moment. Yeah. There for sure is some cheaper cars, be it, I don't know, a Ford Fiesta or, or some more normal cars like this that I think would be in that area. But I've just not driven them. Mm. I'm only, yeah, I'm only driving ridiculous cars at the moment. 
Fair, so fair enough. Really, yeah, I, it's really. Um, I get all sorts of answers to that question, um, and I, I think personally, I don't really. I have a few answers, but I always look at things like GT3 and I go, "Well, I, I in Switzerland they are more expensive than they are here. They're quite a bit more yeah. expensive than they are here. But yeah, um, they are. Exp- so I don't see it's not undervalued at all because for me here they are really expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think if they. I think they could be the same price. Like as in a GT3 here could be the same price as it is in Switzerland, which I mm-hmm. think is probably another 20K plus maybe. Yeah, I, I would say about 20K difference. Um, yeah. Which I think is, a, I genuinely feel is like a fair, I love that they're priced how they are, but mm-hmm. I think if you priced them at 20K plus 20K, I think you'd still sell mm-hmm. them all, but mm-hmm. there would be less buyers, mm-hmm. which might mean that more of the, the sort of people that go, well, I know I can instantly flip it. Like if if you can instantly flip something every time it comes out for plus 20 30k mm-hmm. for a year maybe they should just change the price i don't know like yeah yeah it's it, great for the what i've seen it. here is it's contacts so i've been shown crazy garages here that obviously i can show on social media and from people that have had brand new porsches gt2s uh gt3s in the most crazy specs you've ever seen mm. um that they they're buying just through contacts they're not even advertising it online because if porsche find out that they're flipping yeah. these they'll be in trouble or they won't get any more so there's a big scene of that here where maybe you're right where it's uh they should be a bit more expensive it would be nice if they were less easy to flip and people couldn't sell them um over the price tag as easy as they are doing i mean it's, it, they just need to make more yeah yeah exactly so if there was more then um it's the demand here is big for them so with a new gt3 like any new porsche gt car you know people will be paying a one point way over price yeah for it. just just that they can get one now but if you wait half a year a year you know then you'll get one easy actually for I mean, probably with the GT2, I know people that paid 100k over price for one. Yeah, of course, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, they lost 100k in a year. You know, they went from uh, they were paying half a million for a GT2 RS, and then a year later, you can put them online for 400k. I, I think Porsche are not keen on it, right? They're not. They obviously they don't like the idea of people just endlessly making money off of them their, their new cars yeah yeah it's 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 it is mad but it's it's good it's good for the people that can get the cars and yeah, sure. i don't yeah. begrudge anyone that can get a slot a car and, no. if, and if you get a slot and someone's yeah. let's say you get a gt2 rs or mm-hmm. whatever and someone's like i'll give you a hundred grand over what you paid you're like yeah yeah cool thanks see ya yeah and like yeah so like so yeah. what? money's yeah, money, for, no. <laughs> Totally. From that side, that's fine. But obviously there's the people that are doing it purely only on that factor. Yeah. You know, I have friends that also yeah, when the GT two came out, bought them and they said a week later they had uh offers with like seventy K more. Yeah. You know. Of course it's tempting. I mean, it's a lot of money. Even it to is. a to a wealthy person, it's like, you know, it's a lot. So I totally get why you would um so then but they all come down in price eventually uh, the gt4 was terrible that that crushed in price badly well they made a lot they made yeah, a lot and, of 718s and yeah uh, yeah ones. they did yeah 
And then I think after the first half year, people figured out actually it's not as exciting as you thought it was because of the OPF filter. I mean, it, that car was castrated. It was so quiet. You couldn't, I yeah. couldn't believe it. It has cylinder, cylinder cut off. So when I'm driving on the motorway, it's constantly like, uh, you, you feel it, right? It's, <laughs> the cylinders are constantly uh, cutting off and it, it's, it's horrible. You know, you don't want that in a sports car, yeah. in a GT car. Um, and then they just crashed in price. Now in Switzerland, they're the same, more or less the same price as the old one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, and it's similar-ish here. Like you can get, you can get a GT4 if you want one. Um, oh, easy, yeah. Like no, I don't think massive issue. And I was in a situation where I had a GT3 RS and I got a GT4. I got a 981 GT4, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. late, late-ish in their mm-hmm. build production. And I drove the cars and I, I did think I was going to really, I was like, oh, I'm going to really enjoy this car. Mm-hmm. And then the gearing, and I know mm-hmm. people are like, oh, stop oh, banging about the gearing. gearing. I like, know, but it drives you crazy. The gearing and the engine, once you've, unfortunately, once you've driven a GT3, GT3 Thank RS. You. Exactly that. Like, you, yeah. you can't get in a GT4. You just go, like, it's still a great car, but it just yeah, doesn't have the 100%. engine. And you're like, oh, no, damn. it doesn't. You know, that's the problem. And, me driving the GT3 did ruin the GT4 for me. It does. So if yeah, you totally. have a GT4 and you don't want to be wanting to buy a GT3, do not get <laughs> no, in a GT3. Don't. Really don't. <laughs> like, don't. Yeah, because you're like, oh, this is a GT car. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But because the, afterwards, the GT4 just feels flat. Um, I mean, handling-wise, it's incredible. Like, on a yes. twisty road, amazing. But if you've been a bit spoiled with cars, as I have, from from brands um yeah you quickly realize like ah oh, you know that's why it didn't excite me like i thought it was going to i love the looks on the 718 gt4 i think it looks brilliant really cool i love car. love how it looks and that was a big factor of me wanting one was just just on the looks but um yeah the engine left left a bit to desire and especially after jumping from that into my friend's gt3 i was like yeah, okay <laughs> i can't i can't keep this <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's a shame. It's a shame. But yeah, co- yeah. cool cool cars just the Yeah. The GT cars and you get people that are fanatical about the GT cars versus the normal the normal cars. But they're just they are so different, but they're only so mm-hmm. different really from the engine. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. the corner a bit flatter and a bit more all of that sort of stuff, but it's just the engine like. Yeah. Yeah, and if anyone's you know thinking about buying one I can highly suggest to get the 981 GT4 over the new one. Mm. I drove a 981 the other month and after yeah, living with the uh, new one for um, eight months, I realized then actually, yes, it looks better than the newer one. Yes, it's 50% more aerodynamic and is a bit easier to live with. There's a few more luxuries, but the older one, I mean, just for the sound alone, yeah. feels so much more raw and it's cheaper i'm like yeah it's win-win yeah i would get a 981 if i've got a gt4 again i'd get a 981 over the new one yeah definitely i've heard that from a few people Mm. right final question most interesting car to you at the moment yeah i mean obviously i'm non-stop looking at the new gt3 yeah yeah (laughs) constantly dream specking my one how do you uh, as a how do you feel about the black bit on the front the like plasticky, it might not, it's probably not plastic mm-hmm. on the front bumper. 
I don't mind it. Um, I'm not judging it until I see one in person because, you know, when you see one in real, it can be so different. Yeah. Uh, I love the light bar at the back. A huge fan of light bars. Mm. But it, because I've not seen one in person yet, it's hard to... To, to say it can be so different when you see it in real life. It is, and it, it all depends on, like, what angle, like, mm-hmm. what totally. length lens the yeah. Yeah. bloody yeah. person taking the pictures mm-hmm. from. Yeah, it's exactly. Launch photos and stuff. Mm. I don't know who took those photos. I, don't, I think they were all right. The, the Porsche ones are all right. But, like, often yeah. you see them. It's com- commercial, right? They're just uh, corporate. Yeah, corporate a person that's probably never taken a picture of a car before. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And often heavily photoshopped, yeah, uh, or not not even moving most of the time, and it's all fake uh, yeah. blurs and speed, and you know. <laughs> my, my favorite one is when I think it was maybe a Boxster, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the seven eighteen Boxster. They had them mm-hmm. on like a curving road with a big mm-hmm. background or whatever, and there was one facing forwards and one facing backwards, and they were both moving, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. both of the wheels were spinning. And you're like, well, that means one of the cars is driving backwards. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. With these things that we notice, no one else that, notices. Yeah, I get a lot of comments actually on my pictures. The same, why don't more brands let me do their <laughs> launch pictures? And I'm like, yeah, great. I'm for so sure. up for that because I think why why can you not do more real pictures to launch real. the car? Why does it have to be this over photoshopped? Uh, corporate style it just has no real connection because you know probably the, most of the fo- what's in the photo is anyway fake yeah um, and it's i think the coolest one i've seen in a long time it was it was <coughs> some sort of gt4 it might have been the gt4 mm. club sport it was mm. like a silver car with yellow stripes and stuff on it and that was shot how like i would say most photographers would shoot a car like it was in mm. a location i think it was in like a garage or, or it was something like that but Mm-hmm. It was all done really cool, and the environment was part of the photo. Whereas lots, it's like it's in a white studio, and the yeah, studio yeah. is probably not big enough to shoot with like yeah. a fifty mil or longer. Mm-hmm. So it's shot at twenty mil, mm-hmm. <laughs> really close yeah, and yeah. distorted and all this yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And they go, "Well, why do people not like the look of the car?" It's like, well, because yeah. the yeah. photos are crap, mate. For me, the best is you want to show a car, take it to a mountain pass on the top at sunrise. Yeah, that's that's the dream. For me, the perfect road with with the perfect car on. Yeah, and that would that, like if you new GT three, new whatever, new Ferrari, mm-hmm. something or other, shot in a dream location that someone wants to drive the car. Can't beat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's the imagination, right? You then you want to imagine. Oh, I could be there. I could yeah. be there on that road with that car. You could. It's it's very possible. Yeah, and hopefully it will be at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm still waiting to join. Um, my, my channel seems to have this thing. Every time I film a brand new Porsche, they always get big views. So mm. The last ones I did, they always did like a million views. So I'm waiting to um, For that get video. hold of the new one. Yeah, of a new GT3, which is not easy at the moment. Yeah, it'll happen. Oh yeah, Happy. sure, no question. I'm just impatient. You know. <laughs> I want to I'm, now. I'm, yeah, I'm super excited to try it. Of course, I can't wait. Yeah, same. So it, it will happen in the next months. But um, yeah, I really can't wait to try that car. Yeah. I'm really, really excited, and to see when they bring out uh, an RS, new RS model. Yep, and the GT4 RS, and the GT4 RS. 
Yeah. And a GG2 RS at some point. Yeah. And, yeah. Any other 911s they plan on making. I mean, I'm hoping the GT4 RS will be then, maybe that will excite us. Maybe we'll be like, actually, now I would consider a GT4 again. I, I, I really yeah. don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a thin line, isn't it? They're never going to make it too good that it can, competes with the GT3 or devalues the GT3. No. So it's always going to be held back. Because the, the ultimate car, a GT3 is wicked. But mm. a GT4 works a lot better, like being mid-engined. Even mm-hmm. just you look sure. at the shape of the car, it's more like yeah. resolved as like a, yeah. an object. And you yeah. know, just put a GT... Because you could put a GT3 engine in a GT4. It could be the better car, yeah, actually. Like, that would be a build. Yeah. Put yeah. like a yes. 997 GT3 engine mm-hmm. in a GT4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Pricey, now but like talking. would be a great. Yeah, Someone these are the that. stupid things I would do if I was uh, crazy, crazy wealthy. Yeah, exactly. I would one hundred percent do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. It's been great. Been yeah. Good chat, and yeah. um, hopefully we'll meet up at some point. Yeah, I hope so. Maybe. Your part of the world is a bit more interesting mm-hmm. photographically for me than uh, my part the, of the world, but you never know. Any road trips planned for after? I've got nothing planned at the moment. I've mm. got things I've said I would like to do, but mm. I don't know whether I'm going to do it. I'd love to take my GT3 to the Nürburgring. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe try and combine that with seeing some manufacturers or something, you know, just mm-hmm. do a bit of a, a slightly longer trip. Yeah, come to Switzerland, come over and... Uh, Spend a week driving the passes. I'll join you. Yeah, that would be sick. Yeah, I mean, well, when maybe yeah, let's 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 do something. Let's do yeah. something for sure. Get, yeah. You get a new GT3. I'll bring my GT3. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> if not, I'll find something. I've got a few um, pretty crazy cars lined up um, over the next months, and I've got a Carrera GT waiting for me nice. to film uh, in Germany. But because of the border restrictions at the moment, I can't okay. go. But it's there waiting for me. Like they said, I can take it as long as it's sunny and dry. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. take it. Sick. And so I'm kind of like, it's killing me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. thanks very much. Yeah, thank you too. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.